The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Room for Improvement. This is the podcast where the editorial team from yourhomestyle.uk and your home and homestyle magazines take on our readers' decor, DIY, and style quandaries. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, send us an email at podcast at yourhomestyle.uk. I'm Rebecca Messina, our digital editor, and with me in the studio today are the familiar tones of homestyle editor Kirsty Duig. Hello. Hey. <laughs> and your home editor, Mel Sherwood, whose tones are unfamiliar, but they won't be for long. Hello, Mel. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So our first question today is from Detta via Instagram. And I think this one will be familiar to millions of people here in the UK. So she says, my biggest dilemma is my dining room. I want somewhere lovely and calm to enjoy a nice meal or board game around the table. But it also has to have all our books, the era and my son's bike. It's so hard to have a decent multi-use space in an English terraced house. I see American shows and articles and they just have so much more room than we do. There must be a way that isn't getting rid of all of our books and to stop washing clothes. So what do you think? Should Detta's family ditch their books and start wearing potato sacks or is there another way? <laughs> I love the idea of just rebelling against laundry. <laughs> just don't do it. Just buy new things all the time. No, that's an awful idea. Don't do that. So the first thing that springs to mind for me is uh, investing in a heated error. Mm-hmm. Get that laundry minimised so it's up for as little time as possible. Um, and then you can start thinking about how you're going to organise the rest of the room to really make use of the space that you do have. So <laughs> books and bikes, they're very different ends of a character spectrum, aren't they? But at least with the books, they do bring a certain amount of charm and character and warmth to a room. So I think do what you can to make the most of those and make like a really nice display out of them. So I would be investing in built-in floor-to-ceiling shelves. If that's a big expense, which it is, Mm. you know, getting made-to-measure shelving is really expensive. So I would be looking up Billy Bookcase hacks because there are some amazing built-in hacks that you can do. Uh, That's the IKEA bookcase, the classic IKEA bookcase. So if you just go online and search for Billy Bookcase built-in shelving, there are some brilliant hacks out there that will show you exactly how to make it look like a perfect made-to-measure piece, which then if you bring your books back into the room once you've done that. If you can bear 
and I struggle with this idea, but if you can bear to organise them by colour... Yeah, then that one's that a bit bring, divisive, I think. It is divisive. Some people think it's not, you know, it's not very artistic. No. I, I, can't, I can't, can't do it, and my daughter will not let me. She's <laughs> horrified by that, so no. I, mine are, mine are organised by genre or by author. <laughs> yes, yes, the thinking woman's organisation. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I organise them as well, but both by genre and by author. But in a small space where you've got lots of books, mm. it can bring real harmony and peace and calm to a room if they're organised by colour. And friends of mine who have done this say that you quite quickly get to remember the colour that you're looking for rather than the author name yeah. or the book title, or as well as probably, actually. Then we come round to the bike. Yeah. So I did a bit of digging around about this one to see what the best solution was. And I think, well, initially I'm thinking, let's get it up off the floor. Mm -hmm. Let's give it a hanging space, if possible. If there's room on the wall, then get it off the floor because then you're freeing up floor space. And that instantly feels less chaotic and less cluttered. On a bit of Googling, I found that there are actually some really nice looking designated bike holder rack things yeah i saw some really cool geometric shaped ones that when you take the bike off it actually looks like a piece of art in itself i saw one that is built into a shelf so that there's somewhere for the helmet to go there's somewhere for loads of associated stuff or you could just put styling bits and bobs on it so that when the bike's not there it looks like an intentional feature of the room and then i started thinking okay well what else can you do to make it look more intentional so If the bike has any colours on it, you could pick out colours and find artworks to go around the bike and think about what those artworks are going to look like, both when the bike is in situ and when it's not. Yeah, so really lean into the presence of the bike. Lean into the bike, bike. yeah, Yeah, lean into the bike. I think anything else. Those vintage Tour de France posters, if you really want to. that's a great idea. No, that's a great (laughs) idea. It depends how much you want the bike The vintage ones, the vintage ones are a bit pricey, so maybe just the... (laughs) The vintage reprints. Exactly. (laughs) And the other tip I was going to suggest for this lady, which feels sneaky almost is to swap her a regular dining table if she's got a regular dining table for a small extendable one Mm -hmm. because then day to day the surface area that can be filled with clutter will be halved (laughs) (laughs) and when you need extra space you're gonna have to get everyone in the house to get all their stuff Mm. and put it away (laughs) yeah you just put the wings down (laughs) yeah let everything fall to the floor exactly When you have less surface space, you have less space for clutter. Yeah. So I think that could be a really good way of making the space feel more ordered and more calm, which she said she wanted. Well, it's like what they say about roads, isn't it? That actually when they build more roads, you get more traffic, Mm -hmm. more people are out on them. It's the same thing, I guess, with surface space. You think if you (laughs) add in more space, there will be less clutter, but the clutter will appear to fill in. No, if if you live with cluttery people, the clutter will come. (laughs) This is true. This is true. I know this to be true. (laughs) Yeah. There there are a couple of things that I was thinking about. So what I've done is I've actually got... um, a ceiling hung dryer with a pulley mm-hmm. um, and you can put that in your kitchen you can put it if you're lucky and you've got a utility space yeah. you can even put it in your hall yeah. um, the one I've got is from Lakeland and it looks really nice it's actually wood it's a bit country the thing you need to be careful of is trying to find the beams because if you put it into the actual beams in the ceiling then obviously that's the strongest place to hang it up so you do need to be careful and what I wouldn't do is hang you know a massive soaking wet Mm -hmm. item on it so that you're putting too much weight but I 
stack mine full of clothes and they dry really quickly. It's really efficient. And it's not heated, that's just a regular no, no, it's just a regular ceiling pulley error. Yeah. Um, so if you've got space for one of those, they're really, really handy. I guess by the nature of the fact that you're pulling it up to the top of the room, that's where the warmest air is. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And you can, yeah, and the other thing is they don't crease the clothes. So mm, yeah. even when it's sunny, I actually put my Oxford pillowcases, I think it's the Oxford, the ones that have got like a board. Up. Yes. I hang them on the clothes area and spread them out because I don't iron anything unless I have to I certainly don't iron bedding Um, (laughs) and then they dry nice and flat and they don't get all crinkly around the corners yes so our next question is from Judy and she messaged us on Facebook and she says does anyone have any clever and labour saving tips for removing old polystyrene ceiling tiles and the glue that's left behind please we are using a wallpaper steamer and scraper on the residual glue and aiming to sand after that but it is a miserable job and we still have another two ceilings to tackle I mean that does sound extremely labour intensive Kirsty I I think you feel the pain I do feel the pain so I haven't had to remove polystyrene tiles from my ceilings but when I moved into my current house every single ceiling was covered in really thick vinyl wallpaper and layer upon layer of it and it just was awful and there was a lot of residual glue so I do feel the pain and my arms still feel the pain so Judy there isn't like a really quick fix for this but I do have some tips and the other thing to say is that so polystyrene tiles were really popular in the 70s and they were used like insulation or just to hide defects and cracks so what you don't know is when you've taken them off what you're going to find underneath but the old ones also are a fire hazard so if you do have them in your house it is a really good idea to get rid of them newer ones should have a flame retardant additive in them but I I don't actually know how you tell so you would Mm. need to ask an expert but if you've got old ones then I would get rid of them so tips if the tiles are stuck to the edges of the wall then use a utility knife to cut around them or if you've got a plasterer's trowel so those are like sort of rectangular and flat and they're they're reasonably sharp on the edges lay it flat on the wall and slide it up to the ceiling, use a bit of force and basically you sort of whack it and it will slice through the bond. Mm -hmm. So do that all the way around the ceiling before you start. That'll just remove it if it's stuck to any wallpaper or anything else on the walls. The other thing I would do is get yourself a really wide wallpaper scraper. So the standard ones are actually quite narrow, but you can get at least seven inch wide scrapers and that will really speed up the process. If you've got some that are really stuck, Take your scraper and push it underneath and then hammer the edge and just keep hammering and it will eventually lever the tile off. So once you've got all the tiles off, the really the worst job is getting rid of that glue. I would wear some really thick gardening gloves because your hands can get a bit sore because you've got to do a lot of scraping. Wear a mask and goggles, ventilate the room. But what you do need to do is apply heat. So one way, as Judy says, is to use a wallpaper steamer. Mm -hmm. The thing is with wallpaper steamers is they're not designed really for ceilings. So you've got the risk of that boiling steam and boiling water dripping. Mm -hmm. So it it can be a bit hazardous. So if you are going to do that, because that's your only way of doing it, make sure you wear long sleeves and be really, really careful. The thing that I would advise is to actually get a heat gun. Mm-hmm. So they're not too expensive. And if you get a heat gun, you can 
basically heat up that glue, which will soften it and then scrape it off. You might even find, depending on what glue's been used, that you can use a scourer and and actually just sort of wipe it off. Yeah. But there isn't really a quick fix, unfortunately, to get that off. As Judy says, the next stage is to sand. So if you want to speed that process up, then get yourself an electric sander. Again, do wear a mask and goggles because you don't want to be breathing all that glue and yuck Mm, in and it does go everywhere. I used an electric sander on my ceilings because all the wallpaper glue was just just so stuck on I couldn't get it off and it did make it much quicker and it did really smooth that surface yeah. out so that that I would definitely advise uh, what kind of sander did you use mine is a Bosch mm-hmm. um, and it's just a handheld electric sander yeah so I just used a big extension cord plugged it in and then you know stood on a really sturdy step ladder basically mm-hmm. and then had some goggles and and a mask because otherwise the you know the dust is literally yeah. falling on your face yeah. so obviously don't do that just before you're about to go out for the evening <laughs> basically <laughs> I really advise getting a sander that adapts to a vacuum cleaner as well so you can plug your vacuum cleaner in because yeah. it sucks all the dust out yeah. there well not all the dust but like 80% and I have mm. done it both ways and I can thoroughly recommend that's the a great cleaner. idea <laughs> yeah that's a great idea I haven't done that and oh, I should have it, it's yeah. life changing also wear a shower cap if you don't want to have to wash your hair oh yeah another good tip yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a classy business with the goggles and the mask and yeah. the shower cap. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so once you've sanded that ceiling down, I mean, what you might find when you've taken them off is that the ceiling is really in a bad state of repair. Or if you're lucky, it'll just have some pop marks and some cracks. So a lot of people, when they've taken those tiles off, will have the ceiling replastered. So it's called skimmed, which ba- because basically it's just a thin layer of plaster. You do need a professional if you're mm. going to do that. And mm. so obviously there is a cost involved. If you are intending on doing that, you don't need to worry so much about the state of the ceiling. What you need to do is give it two coats of watered-down PVA glue. That seals everything in and it creates a sticky surface that the plaster can stick to. And your plasterer will ask you to do this Mm. or charge you extra if you haven't. It's really easy, so just do it yourself. All you need to do is mix up PVA, three parts water, one part PVA, and you can apply it with a roller or you can apply it with a big brush Mm -hmm. and just paint the whole ceiling, let it dry, give it an hour or so, paint it again. That's all you need to do. It's then ready to be skimmed. So that that is a lot easier, but obviously, as I say, there's a cost involved. If you're not going to replaster, then you need to fill all the holes in. So you just get yourself some basic polyfiller, any DIY store, and you need a tool to apply it, which looks a lot like a wallpaper scraper, but mm. it's more bendy because yeah. you need a bit of flex in it. So go around the ceiling, fill in any cracks. You might need to do this twice, depending on how big they are. Fill them in, let it dry. Use sandpaper, do this by hand. Use a fine sandpaper and just sand it so that it's nice and smooth. Repeat it, obviously, if if your cracks aren't filled in. What I then did with my ceilings, and I would really advise this, there's a product called Zinza Peel Stop, Mm -hmm. and it is amazing. You paint it on your ceiling, and it just seals everything in, like the PVA watered down does if you're going to plaster, but do not use PVA if you're going to paint, because it will repel the paint. But the Zinza doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it says on the Zinza can you can use a roller, not in my experience. It goes all over your face Mm -hmm. and your clothes, and it drips everywhere. Use a brush and just, it goes on really, really easily. Use a brush, paint it all over the ceiling and it will just 
seal everything in Mm. so any crumbly bits just sorted so the other little tip i've got if you've got any sort of surfaces like ceilings or walls that have got lots of pock marks it can be quite hard to see them so once you've sealed it give it a coat of white paint just use the cheapest you can buy contract matte white paint comes in really massive tubs really cheap buy it from wix or or home base or b&q diy store roller a coat of that onto your ceiling or wall if it's your wall and it shows up all those little marks Mm. so then you can go around again and fill them again um, and that will give you this basically the smoothest surface that you're going to get so that's what I did on my ceiling and then I gave it another undercoat of the cheap paint and then a couple of top coats and you're away sorted brilliant so I really hope that helps and good luck yeah good luck (laughs) I'm sweaty just thinking about it This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. So the next question comes from Lisa through Instagram, and it does require a little bit of visualization. She has sent in a photo for this one, which um, you guys have got, but we'll pop that in the show notes if you want to take a look. So she says, we have an open plan kitchen slash dining slash snug room. The snug is zoned slightly by the beam that went in when the wall came out and by being half to the side of the other rooms. It's all currently white. I want to use colour on the walls of the snug to zone it, but I don't want it to be a stark contrast to the other parts of the layout. Any ideas? I do want the snug to feel cosy, but again, still part of the whole overall room. So one of the design tricks that you can do to link spaces together is to really make use of any beams or arches between the spaces. So you could paint the inside of that arch or that sort of squared off space in a lighter version of the main colour that you've used used in the snug and then that creates a really lovely soft transition from one room into the other Mm. that's what I've done in mine I've pulled out a color from the wallpaper that I've used in my dining room and I've painted the inside of the I call it an arch but it's squared off into the kitchen so I've painted that green and it really frames the view out then out into the garden but whatever color you pick maybe pick one of the lighter colors and it's a lovely way to do that and if you don't have any arch or anything that's dividing those spaces you can still achieve a similar effect by painting any recessed areas so if you've got any alcoves or if you've got any any kind of unusual little corners in your room 
choose a lighter shade of the main shade in your in your snug or whatever area your painting's a little bit darker and bring that into the room. If you are in a new build or a room that's just really square and you only have flat walls, then what you can do is try painting an arch shape onto one of the walls. You can use that to anchor a piece of furniture like a like a bookshelf or a sideboard, or you can paint an arch and then add something into the arch. It could be a mirror or a picture or it could be some shelving. Mm. There's lots and lots of DIY videos on YouTube for how to paint an arch. Um, it's really, really simple and it doesn't take a great deal of skill to do that. Another feature you can pick out with colour is window frames and window recesses. Everyone has those and it's such a cute way and a really quite exciting way to bring colour through into into another room. And would you do it the same way of picking a a different shade of the same colour or would you go with a different colour altogether? I'm thinking about, you know, obviously sometimes people do trims and door woodwork, etc. in a completely different colour. It it depends on the effect you want to achieve because Lisa's saying she wants to bring harmony and continuity I would go with the same colour or a tonal colour if adding paint isn't what you want to do and it's not really an option there's still lots you can do so you can just think about walls floors lighting furniture and accessories those are the those are the key areas where you can really bring harmony between the two rooms so you can use soft furnishings to do that really easy bring in a throw a rug or a couple of seat cushions in the same shade. You could do that in the dining area by bringing in the seat cushions. You could also link it using some curtains or blinds. All of those things are things you can just add in without having to do any major DIYing. If you fancy doing a bit of upcycling, you could upcycle some existing furniture. So, for example, you could paint a couple of your dining chairs in that key colour, or you could paint some drawer fronts um, in a gloss or a silk version of that paint colour. You can also tie the schemes together using wall art. So look for prints that feature the same set of colours or that really key colour and that will really bring the scheme together. And if you want to take elements of that into your kitchen, you can do things like look for utensils in that shade or, you know, a fancy casserole dish, a kettle even, or a tea towel. Mel, I think you are keen on a coloured tea towel. (laughs) Yes, I just bought a coloured tea towel yesterday that was a complete impulse purchase. And just because it was orange, I've just painted my kitchen orange. It doesn't really go with the room other than that. Well, actually, speaking of colour, you know, we've had a look at the picture of Lisa's room and it's like a lovely light filled space. And Mm. obviously it's all white at the moment we all know that colour is completely subjective but just off the top of your head are there any colours that would appeal to you in that space? Well I think I think Lisa's really lucky because it's so light any colour will work so depending on what colours Lisa has in the rest of her home I would pick something that tones in but she could go really dark I I personally if it was me I'd go really dark yeah. I, I my sort of snug area is actually my dining room and it's between an extension which is the kitchen a very small extension but so it doesn't get loads of natural light it's got no windows so what I've done is actually gone really dark I've used a wallpaper to do that the one I've used is a Graham and Brown paper and it's called Fable and the colour I've used is Plum it's a really dark purplish colour but it also has some pinks and greens in the pattern and it just feels really cosy and warm and I think if you've got a really light space. Obviously, pretty much you can choose anything you like, but don't shy away from using dark colours. Even if you've got quite a dark space, you can just lean into it, which is what I wanted to do. And I didn't paint the ceiling white in that room. I've painted the ceiling in a kind of dusky pink colour because what I didn't want to do was create a really stark contrast between the dark walls and the ceiling. And also having a white ceiling in there would have 
kind of felt a bit grey. Yeah, mm. yeah, it would have. I think, so Lisa's room, she's got a beautiful patchwork footstool in there. So she could pick any of the colours from that. She's got mm. some quite deep pinks in there. And I think that would be a really interesting way to take it. My instinct when I first saw the room was a deep teal. Mm. Go for a really lovely, warm blue teal in the snug area because that will make it feel really cozy in there. Yeah. And then to- you can work through the tones and you can find lighter shades of the same sort of teal to bring through into the lighter, more practical rooms. Yeah. And by using that technique of using accessories mm-hmm. and furnishings mm-hmm. to bring that colour in, it means you can then leave the rest of the space white if you want or, you know, just yeah. a really pale yeah. neutral. Just a few touches will do it. And building on from colour, I know Lisa's asked specifically about colour, but the next level way to connect the spaces is to look at your textures so if in the snug you've got a sheepskin rug throw one over the bench in the dining room as well Mm, if you've got she's got a lovely gold metal lampshade bring in gold metal touches in the kitchen as well yeah Uh, little knobs on the on the cabinets or a utensil pot or something just that will really take it to the next level of connectivity Cool. Well, hopefully that helps, Lisa. Let us know when you've finished. Send us another picture. We'll do a before and after. Send us a photo too. (laughs) Finally this week, Megan got in touch with us on Instagram with a decal question that I'm not sure any of us will have encountered before. Uh, This is about displaying a collection of feathers. So uh, she says, I've got some feathers in a gold frame, but I can't use any that are very thick as the glass won't shut and the others fall around. And she adds that some of the feathers are randomly collected and some of them are grouped together by date or location. So mm. there has to be a way to display groups of feathers yes. uh, together as well as kind of randomly. What I mean, I've not come across this dilemma <laughs> before. Well, what would you suggest? We we know Megan. Megan is a former colleague of ours who used to work on BBC Wildlife. So when she says... It all comes together. It makes sense. Yes. When she says it's a feather collection, we're talking about an ornithological collection here. <laughs> and this is quite an important collection probably for her. So... The thing that initially sprang to mind for me, I went back to my craft magazine days and in cross-stitching, yes. <laughs> they use a material called even weave to put patterns onto. And you can actually tack the feathers onto that using a very thin cotton or possibly a fishing wire, whichever would be the least damaging to the feathers. And then if you've got a friend who's good at crafting, like I do, you could get them to embroider the name of the bird and when it was collected underneath. Exactly, yes. Um, So from that point, you could take it a few different ways. You could either stretch it around a square frame or a round frame, whichever you prefer. If you're going to do that, then make sure you're displaying it out of direct sunlight, probably in quite a dark room, actually, as little sunlight as possible to preserve those feathers. And definitely not in the kitchen and nowhere near a bathroom. Mm -hmm. You want it away from oil, you want it away from damp completely. However, my preference would be to take it to a specialist framer because they will put it inside a UV protected piece of glass, Mm -hmm. which... And and they can actually seal it in a way that means that they will be preserved properly. Yeah. Yeah. But you can also buy frames where the glass is not touching the image. Box frames. Yeah, box frames. If you go for a box frame, then you won't have that problem of not being able to close it once you've put the feathers in place. Mm-hmm. Lovely. We Hopefully that helps. It's definitely a question I don't think we're going to be getting again anytime soon. <laughs> Megan did also send us one about skulls, but I didn't think that was quite We'll save that for yeah. a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> once again, check out the show notes for links to all the products we've mentioned today. And also if you want to see that image of Lisa's snug dining room, uh, you can find all of that at yourhomestyle.uk. And don't forget, if you have a dilemma for our panel, send it to podcast at yourhomestyle.uk. UK. See you next time. Bye.